always like to record my music too. But I forgot to start it. There is no other name worthy to be praised. There is no other name worthy to be praised. Jesus Christ, the Lord, the great Emmanuel. Your name, O oh Lord, 
tower into which we run in the time of distress you give us power you make us overcome by your name the name of by your name, the name of the Lord, there is no other name worthy to be praised. There is no The great Emmanuel. There is no other name. There is no other name. There is no other name worthy to be praised. come to you in the precious name of Jesus thanking you for the power that's in that name and Father I pray tonight as we open the word that we rightly divide the word of truth and build up the name of Jesus and Father I also pray that you minister to your children according to your loving kindness and your tender mercies. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. I love to sing, but I also love the word. So we're going to get into the Word for a few minutes, and you can take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Ephesians while I'm laying down my guitar. Let's see if I can find a place over here. I didn't bring a guitar stand with me. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to compliment you. I want to compliment you on what you're doing. What you're doing as a people, but I'm sure it's also based on what you're doing as individuals. I see a healthy church. Amen. A healthy congregation. 
I see a people in love with Jesus. And that's their ultimate importance. But I also see a people that God is going to use. There's a generation ahead of all of us. Even you that are young here tonight, there's still a generation ahead of you. It's a generation that need fathers and mothers. They need people like you, like me, to take them, take them in a sense in tow and share the love of Jesus Christ. And I believe that's something that you're capable of. I just ask God as we began our praise and worship with our sister to start speaking to me about what he is doing in the house and what he's wanting to do in the house. I don't even know if all of your members of this local congregation has. I have no idea who is and who isn't, except for your pastors. And I assume our sister with the guitar. <laughs> Everybody else, I, I don't know for sure. But I believe you are. And God is doing a work. Amen? Amen. In Ephesians chapter 4, I want to go down to verse 11. It talks about the five ministries that God has put in the church. And just for a few minutes, I want to share some things with you. And then I would like to take as much time as I can. And I probably will not be able to touch everybody's life with a prophetic word tonight. Just out of logistics and the numbers that are here. But I want to speak prophetically. Uh, people know me um, in this country as... Uh, prophetic ministry and teaching ministry and that's a part of what God has called me to do. But I would like to talk about the five ministries just for a moment and then I want to talk about the prophetic ministry and give you some understanding and some instruction that you may not have received, you may have and may not. So bear with me with that because if you've already heard teaching on the prophetic you might hear something new, something different. But I want to share the word with you. In Ephesians 4.11, and it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. And then he explains why. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And then he goes on and talks about the duration and talks about all the things that God wants to do with that five ministries in the church. Now, when I teach, and I have taught for many years in Bible school and taught in my own congregations as I've had them and taught in other Bible schools. But as I teach five-fold ministry, I always use the hand as an example. I use... Uh, the thumb to represent the apostle. I use the first finger, the pointer, that index finger to represent the prophet. I use the middle finger, the longest finger, to represent the evangelist. And I use the ring finger, the finger that we use in marriage to put the marriage ring on, on the pastor. And then I use the little finger for the teacher. You know why I use the little finger for the teacher? Someone one small enough to fit in your ear, clean out your ear, so you can hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. But literally, I use those five fingers 
to represent those ministries because the apostolic ministry, did I just lose sound? Um, I have just lost sound. Uh, okay. Hallelujah. Well, I'm recording, and I, I was thinking they were, there we go, some switch got turned off. Hallelujah, because when he turned that switch on, it came back. Hallelujah. Amen. So we don't turn that switch off. We <laughs> Hallelujah. I, I like to have fun, even when tragic things happen. That wasn't that tragic, was it? But I use the uh, five fingers, and, and I use this finger, the thumb, to represent the apostle, because... On the hand, do you know the thumb is the only finger that can reach out and touch every other finger? The apostolic ministry is foundational to the hand that we call the extended hand of God, the church. And that thumb ministry, if you want to call it that, that apostolic ministry is able to reach out and touch the teacher, touch the pastor, the evangelist, the prophet, and not just touch them personally, but I believe apostles are able to prophesy. They're able to evangelize. I think apostles are able to pastor people. I believe they're able to teach. I use the first finger to represent the prophet, and I'm going to come back and talk about him in a minute. I use the evangelist, this longer finger, the middle finger to represent the evangelist because it extends from the hand which the church is into the world to preach the gospel, but also to teach us as members of the body of Christ how to evangelize, how to reach people. You see, I don't think the evangelist is supposed to just go out and stand in front of the multitudes and, and preach. I believe he's supposed to teach us how to evangelize. And then the ring finger of pastor. You know, we are the bride of Christ. And there's a day that Jesus Christ, if, if we interpret the word properly, I believe there's a day that Jesus Christ is going to return to this earth. I really do. Now, I'm not going to discuss all of the ways and all of the means and all of the theories and, and whether it's up, down, roundabout, five raptures or one rapture or what I'm not going to get into all of that because that's I leave that for the pastors see I, I just leave leave them to confuse you with all of the facts hallelujah now I'm joking I hope you understand but until Jesus comes pastors care for the sheep it's like standing in for the bride I mean for the bridegroom that light went off again Hallelujah. Is that? Uh, hallelujah. All right. It's like standing in for the bridegroom until the bridegroom comes. And I think that's one of the reasons we put the ring, or ring finger on that particular finger. And then, of course, as I told you, I believe the little finger stands for me, for the teacher, because we need to have clean ears to be able to hear. But I want to talk about the prophet tonight, because that's one of the ministries that I walk in. You see, this pointer can point in three directions. This first finger, this index finger, can point in three directions. It can point to the past. Why do we need the prophetic ministry to point to the past? Because some of us have been through some horrendous things in our lives. 
We've had experiences that we don't understand. And there are times that God can send a prophet and a prophet can speak to you and settle all of those unsettled issues with one word of why. One word of this is what you've learned and settle all of those issues of the past. And I like that. He doesn't have to come and reveal all of your past. He doesn't have to come and say, you did this and this and this and this and this. In fact, I have seen people do that and do more harm than they have good because they pointed to all of those issues of the past. But God knows how to send a prophetic word to us that can heal the past, can seal it over, and refuse to let it be any longer. You know, I've discovered that God even knows how to change the past. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In His eyes, it's changed. Mm-hmm. The moment that you and I mm-hmm. receive Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. our past is over and forgotten. I, I read something the other day from someone that uh, was sort of interesting. They said it this way. There are two days that you can't do anything about. Yesterday and tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yesterday is over. Now you can be healed of it. Tomorrow's not here yet. You know, Jesus said, let tomorrow take care of itself. So, the prophet can speak to the past and bring healing and bring (coughs) resolution. The prophet can speak to the future, and that's what we really like, isn't it? You know, but we like for God to speak to the future, and He does. And I'm going to speak to the future, I believe, in a number of lives tonight as a prophetic ministry. but he can also speak to the present. You know, I've discovered that in the life of a lot of Christians like you and me, we're dealing with things in the present. Now, you know the present is just a fine line in history, isn't it? You know, what I said a moment ago is in the past. The word I just said there, past, it's it's in the past. Because we are living in the present constantly. And we're dealing with things constantly in our lives. And sometimes we don't understand why things are happening, why they keep happening. And, and the prophet can come and speak to the present to settle the daily issues that are facing you. Not just the past, but that fine line of present that you're walking in. God can use the prophet to speak to those things. The prophet not only speaks to the past, the present, and the future, but the prophet can speak concerning the call of God and the purposes of God in your life. And I believe I'm going to do that to several people here tonight. I'm going to talk about some things that God wants you to understand about the calling and purpose in your life. I believe that the prophetic ministry is highly needed in the church. You know, it's amazing so many people think that what God is doing today is unique. Well, I know that God does things uniquely. There are things that He's doing today that maybe we have never heard of in the history of the church. But in reality, God is just doing what He's always done. You just haven't experienced it yet. The church maybe has not experienced it yet. But in the heart and mind of God, There's nothing new under the sun. 
And so God is working, working in our time. He's moving in our time. And he wants the prophetic ministry to make confirmation. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to turn to a particular scripture. It's found in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18. And you, you can turn there. You can go ahead and turn there now. But I want to share something else with you about the prophetic ministry that we need to understand. In the 19th chapter of the book of Revelation, there is a particular verse that talks about the testimony of Jesus. It says in that verse that there is a thing called the testimony of Jesus. And John, in writing the book of Revelation, finished that verse, it seemed, but he hopped back to that subject of the testimony of Jesus and he said, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. And for centuries, the church lived without the testimony of Jesus. Lived without recognizing the need of more than an evangelist and a pastor and a teacher. And we survived. I don't think it was easy, but we survived. But God has raised up all five of the ministries now because like the church that I grew up in and, and Ian just a few minutes ago told you what kind of church I was raised up in, Southern Baptist in the United States. We didn't believe in anything but evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Now I'm not saying that critically. That was what we understood. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I began to understand that there were prophets. And later I began to understand that not only did God resurrect the prophetic ministry, but he had resurrected that apostolic ministry. And so the church needs them all. But John in Revelation 19 says, the spirit of Jesus is that prophetic ministry. The testimony of Jesus comes through the prophetic ministry. I believe that's how important it is to the church. And God has opened the doors for that over the years of my life as a spirit-filled man. I remember 1973, God called me as a prophet. <coughs> Just 10 days after my wife and I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it was the 10th day of March of 1973 that God baptized us in the Holy Spirit. On the 20th day of March, on a Tuesday night, we heard that there was going to be a prophet in a small Baptist church that had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The whole church had been changed. And we heard that this prophet was going to be there in the little town of Macomb, Mississippi, way down in South Mississippi. And we went. We went totally out of curiosity. Have you ever done something because of curiosity? You've gone somewhere because of curiosity. We went totally out of curiosity because we didn't believe in prophets yet. We didn't believe in apostles yet. 
So my wife and I got in the car and we're going to go and we're going to see. We were wrong about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe we're wrong about this. That was our attitude. But we were curious. And so we went out of curiosity. We walked into that church. And, and that church was not a huge church. But I want to tell you, people were already getting there about a half hour before it was ever going to begin. And I'm a front row Christian. You know what that means? You know what it means to be a front row Christian? I, I like to sit up under the spout where the glory pours out. I want, there, I want to be up here on the front row. If somebody spits, I want it to hit me. I mean, I mean, because I want the anointing. I mean, I, now I know that's silly, but that's how I feel. Hallelujah. And uh, so, but front row was filled. And uh, I sat right where this sister's sitting right here. My wife sat right where you're sitting. And uh, this guy comes out. They call him the prophet, and uh, he prophesies. But he preached first. When he got through preaching, he walked straight to me. And he began to tell me all the things that I've been saying to God in my prayer time. But I'm smart, you know, I'm educated. I got this, uh, all these degrees. I didn't have any temperature, but I had degrees. And uh, anyway, uh, I was rationalizing what he was saying. Somebody told him I'm a Baptist pastor. Somebody told him I just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so every Baptist pastor who receives the baptism of the Holy Spirit has the same questions, the same problems, the same circumstances. And so he says this to everybody who has just received the Holy Spirit. So I was not listening very well. Then he turned to my wife who was sitting where this young lady is. And he said these words. He said, I've saved the best for last. I could have got offended. You know, I'm the pastor. I didn't. But then he told my wife what we had done the night before. My wife and I had been married a number of years. We had three beautiful children, a new baby. The night before, though, we went into our bedroom. We knelt down beside the bed, and we re-spoke our marriage vows in the Holy Spirit. We said to God, when we were married, we were not baptized in the Holy Spirit. We had no knowledge and understanding of the Holy Spirit. But now we want you to take our marriage and make it the best that it could possibly be. And that man said to my wife, I saw you when you and your husband made new marriage vows to me, says the Lord. And he told us what we had said. That got my attention. That got my attention. Maybe, just maybe, he was right about what he said to me. But I couldn't remember. And the church didn't have a sound system. They, they didn't even have a recorder in there that belonged to the church. But there was one woman. She came up to me after she had a little Panasonic Model 309. I'll never forget that. That's 43 years, 44, almost 44 years ago. I remember that little black cassette recorder. And she said, would you like a copy of that prophecy? And I said, yes. Well, she didn't send me a tape. She sent me a handwritten copy, and I saw what God had said. And God had called me as a prophet. I didn't still know what prophets were. 
You know why? Because the man that was prophesying that night, he was a wonderful man. But he was a prophet after the Old Testament pattern. <coughs> he would not have fellowship with people. He would not pass on his anointing to anybody else. He felt that he was to come out of his closet and come and speak and prophesy and let it be never to tell anybody else about how to do it. So I had nobody to teach me. I just had a word that said I was a prophet and that prophecy was fluent in my mouth. I didn't know how to prophesy. I didn't know how to say anything to anybody other than just preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and sing a few songs. My telephone rang. I'm telling you this story and then I'm going to come back and I want to you take you to First Timothy chapter one verse eighteen. I haven't thought, haven't forgotten about that. My telephone rang. I picked it up and I said hello. And on the other end, a man's voice said to me, "Are you the Eugene May that we've heard that's received the baptism of the Holy Spirit?" Well, I said, I'm the only Eugene May that I know. <laughs> and I have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And he said, well, I'm Father so-and-so from the St. Francisville, Louisiana Baptist Church, uh, Catholic Church, not Baptist, Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. And he said, would you come teach us? Can you imagine? And I said, yes. He said, well, you can't come in the auditorium and stand there because you're not an ordained Catholic priest. But we can go to the parish hall, place of fellowship, and would you teach us? That first time teaching in that Roman Catholic Church, I was teaching, and God showed me a woman sitting about where you are, my sister. Begin to tell me things about her life. Well, I'm one of those decent and in order guys. You know what that is? As somebody that wants everything to be done decently and in order, I've discovered that God's decently, decency and order is not always mine. But at that time, I said to God, if this is you, then when I get through preaching, you give me that word again and I'll share it. And as soon as I got through, I heard the little voice of the Lord down inside saying, remember what I said about that woman? And I began to prophesy to her. And she began to weep. God was healing her. She was not insulted. She was not crying because she was hurt. But God was healing her and setting her free. But now, I want you to go to, with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18. In 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 18, the Apostle Paul is writing to Timothy, his spiritual son. And he comes down to verse 18 and he says, This charge I command you. No, I commit to you, excuse me. This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. I had already read that scripture when I prophesied to that woman. The moment that I prophesied to that woman, I heard another voice. That voice 
said to me, don't you ever do that again. Do you see what you did to that woman? You made her cry. You insulted her. You hurt her. No, I didn't. I brought healing to her with that word. But you see, I didn't know how to prophesy, and that was the first prophetic word I'd ever received, but I'd already been in this word studying everything that I could find about prophecy and the prophetic, and I'm amazed at how much is not in this word about those subjects. God doesn't give us a lot of instruction in here. I believe that's why he gave us the Holy Spirit, so we could follow the Holy Spirit. But I had already read this verse, and so the moment I heard the, that little voice, I knew it was not the voice of God. Because I'd heard the voice of God a few minutes before. Remember what I said to this woman wasn't the same voice. It was a demonic voice. And inside, not outside, because I didn't want to scare any of these Catholics. Mm -hmm. But inside, I said, devil, you're a liar. And in the name of Jesus, bug off. Because God had given me, like he had given to Timothy, a prophecy. To Timothy had given more than one. That's why he says, remember the prophecies that you have received. But he had given me that one prophetic word. And I used that one prophetic word even that night to the devil because I said, I have a call on my life. I am a prophet. That was a part of the words that I used to rebuke him. Now, what is the purpose of prophecy? I just gave you a little bit of it. The word of prophecy not only reveals the will and purpose of God for our lives, and I believe I'm going to talk about that with some of you tonight. But the word of prophecy goes even further. The word of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. It is that which we use to say, hey, Jesus is here. He's real. But it's also a weapon, a weapon of war. You and I find ourselves often in spiritual warfare. Now, I don't know if that's true of everybody in here, but it's true of me. The enemy likes to accuse. You miss God. You flubbed that up. You missed that chord on the guitar. You, you said that wrong. You sang that. You, you forgot those words. You ever have things like that happen? What do you do in those times? Do you just take it? Do you just say, well, I guess I just never can be successful because, you know, if I, if I try to sing that song one more time, I'm going to make that same mistake. No. I take the prophetic words that God's given me. Mm -hmm. And with those words, I wage a good warfare. Yes. You see, God has not only talked to me over the years about being a prophet. He's talked to me about many other things. And he has spoken into my heart those words of prophecy concerning the instruments, concerning singing, concerning the apostolic calling that I flow in with many churches and the nations of the world. And every time the enemy comes... I have learned. I take the prophecies that I have received and I wage a good warfare. If the devil says, 
you don't have a calling as a prophet. I say, 20th day of March, 1973, Macomb, Mississippi, Oakdale Baptist Church. And I even give the name of the prophet, Stanley Rankin, gave me a word from God and it has been proven. So bug off. You say, I wouldn't talk to the devil like that. Well, why not? Why not? Why not get up in the face of the devil? Why not call him what he is? And tell him he's a liar. Because, you see, that prophetic word that God gave me, the prophetic words that God has given the two of you, the, the prophetic words that God's given to the church, were given to you not only to direct you into the will of God and the purposes of God, but also to give you a weapon of warfare to fight the enemy. We have many weapons of warfare. But prophecy has become one of the central weapons that I use. I use the name of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. I love the word of God and I use the word of God. I use uh, the, everything that God has given me, including the, the, the tongue that I have because I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 6.18. It says, I'm praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. And that's a part of his talking about spiritual warfare, the weapons of warfare and the, the armor that we have. And so I do all of that. Even my praise and worship, I use it as a weapon of warfare. But I use the prophetic word constantly. I remind God and I remind the devil. Why do I remind God? Because God says, put me in remembrance of the things that I've said to you. And so I put God in remembrance. Oh, he hasn't forgotten, but he likes to hear me. He likes to hear you. He likes our voices when we come to him and say, God, you said this, and you said this, and you said this, and this is what I'm believing for. And so I use that prophetic voice, that prophetic word, as a weapon of warfare. In a few minutes, I'm going to begin speak, speaking prophetically to you. I believe, because of the call of God on my life, that what I'm going to give you is not just some direction in life if you need direction. You may just need encouragement. If that's what it is, you receive the encouragement and walk out of here encouraged. But if you need direction and God speaks to you in that area and gives you direction, receive it and walk out of here with that weapon of warfare and be able to say, I have a word from God and fight the enemy with it. So, as I begin to prophesy in just a few moments, I haven't spoken a long time tonight, but as I begin to prophesy to you, I'm going to encourage you. Examine it. Get a copy of the CD or a DVD or cassette tape, whatever you guys use. I, I've got a little digital recorder in my pocket here that'll go 2,300 hours. I'm not gonna go that long. <laughs> but I've got this recorder, just in case their recorder doesn't work. 
because I believe that prophetic words are so important for us. And get a copy of it. Listen to it. Examine it. Get a witness to it. Because I want to tell you, don't do what you don't witness to. If the Word doesn't witness to your heart, don't do it. Because you can't do it in faith. But if it witnesses to your heart that this is what God wants me to do, then be open to do that. But do it in God's timing. Because there's a timing for everything. Do it according to God's will and purpose in this word because God's not going to change this word for you. Do it with integrity. Do it believing that you are doing what God has called you to do. And if you do that, I'll tell you what will happen. You'll walk in the success of ministry. In my own ministry, and I'm saying this one last thing to you, in my own ministry, God opened up the nations of the world to us. And He did it not because I'm the greatest preacher and teacher and singer or anything else. It, he did it because of His call and His purpose. He knows it opened up nations to us. But He did it also, I believe, because I said to Him, Lord, I want to honor You. I want to be a man of integrity. I want to be one that nobody can look at and say, I have stones to cast at your morality, the way you walk, the way you talk. I want to do it God's way. And I believe God can honor that. God can honor us. If we'll do whatever He says, God's way. Amen? Amen? I want to begin to speak to you prophetically. And I'm going to come back to our sister that was playing the guitar because I forgot to turn my recorder on as I got up here. And I want to say again some of the things that I said. I don't know if I'll say it the same way, but I'm going to say it to you. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he's, as you were singing tonight. And He said that you were not more than just a singer of other people's songs. That you were a woman who had a gift to write songs yourself. And you confirmed that to me as it was coming forth. And then the Lord said, but you are going to be bold and present your songs. You won't necessarily sing yours exclusively. No, because there are other songs that God wants to bless his body with. But he has put within you that gift and He is wanting you to begin to let that gift flow where you are taking what God has put within you and you're lifting it up to Him as a sacrifice of praise and God is going to honor that and He is going to honor you as a woman of God. And that's in a nutshell what I said to you a while ago but I wanted to make sure that I got it recorded. God bless you. Hallelujah. God is so good. My sister right here, um, you have um, the, the, yeah, the vertical, the horizontal stripes. Horizontal, not vertical. Horizontal stripes. What's your name? Tina. Tina? Tina. Tina. Yeah. Tina.
Kina. Kina, there's Tina. 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 Tina with a T. Yeah, yeah it's, it's my American English ears rather, rather than anybody's accent because, uh, you know, I don't have an accent. Uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but I hear with my own accent. <laughs> Sometimes I don't catch everything people say. But Tina, I got it this time. Tina, while we were in praise and worship, there was a time you were standing and then there was a time you sat down. When you were standing, the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to my heart. And suddenly you sat down and I had to walk over here actually and look to see, did she leave? And you didn't. But I want to tell you what the Spirit of the Lord said to my heart. He said, this woman is a woman after my heart. I have poured out my love and my grace upon her. And I have made her my daughter. I brought her out to take her in. I brought her out to take her into the fullness of all that I have. Because she's my choice. And the Spirit of the Lord said, I am causing my daughter to begin to take the word that is within her and let it come forth like a river of life to those around her. And there's a community that I am going to touch because of her, because of the anointing that is within her. And she will have a word of evangelism that will touch the hearts and lives of people in that community. And I'm not sure what that community is. But I want to tell you, the Spirit of the Lord is upon your heart and He has brought you forth to take you in to the place where you will be anointed to minister the truths of God's Word. You have a teaching anointing, young lady. A teaching anointing. And I don't know if it's been released in you and I don't know if you have had any opportunity or even any experience in doing so. But it shall happen. And you will see God use you like a flame of fire among those people. And I'll tell you this, they're going to be like moths to the flame. They're going to be attracted to the message that will come forth out of you. God bless you, Tina. Sorry about grasping your name like that and having to grasping at it and missing. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. I like God. This brother sitting back here in the corner. I can hardly see you. Uh, you're a little dark yourself and you're in that dark corner back there. Hallelujah. Uh, what's your name, sir? Vandis. Vandis. As you've sat back there tonight, the Spirit of the Lord began to show me that there have been many times in your life where you felt like that you have been hemmed and bottled in to what other people thought. Their opinions. And because of that, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, He said, there has been times, have been times in your life where you felt the rejection of people. But I want to tell you what the Spirit of the Lord said. He said he needs to understand that he is accepted in the Beloved. And that he is mine. And I have put my hand upon his life. And I have brought him forth as a man who is going to stand before other men. And proclaim the glory of his God. 
you may never stand and preach the word of the Lord or teach the word of the Lord like I've tried to do tonight. That may never be in your life. I don't know all that God has, but he said you're going to be able to share the things that are going on and people are going to be listening to what you say in the workplace and in the life that you're living because God has brought you out of all of that negative stuff that was poured down upon you and he has made you his light his light and you're going to shine forth with the glory of God upon you Hallelujah. I hope you can receive that. But you get ready for something else because as soon as I said, I hope you can receive that, the Spirit of the Lord said to me, He said, He's going to see success rather than failure. He's going to see me bring him to success. You know, sometimes I use that word success and people take an, a little exception to it because where in the Bible does it say that we're supposed to have success? I thought God created us for failure. Where does it say that? Joshua chapter 1 verses 8-9 he talks about if you do these things then you will have good success and the Spirit of the Lord said you are going to be successful my friend now I don't know in what area because I don't know what you do but I'll tell you what God's called you for success I finished that other word and suddenly God said you tell him that you receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, there's a person back here that I have not been able to see your face at all because you are behind these ladies and you've got that scarf on your head. Tell me your name, sir. Ian. Is that right? Did I get that right? Well, we got another Ian up here. Hallelujah. That's a great name. Ian, I, I knew you were there, but because of the lighting I couldn't even see your face but the Spirit of the Lord kept saying to me that I'm going to take this man and I am going to put my hand upon his life he's already started the work he's already started doing those things but he says I'm going to finish what I have started I'm going to put my hand on his life and I'm going to bring him forth as a man who will walk in truth a man who will then take that truth and speak that truth through the prophetic word because there's a call upon your life for the prophetic my friend and you may not understand it all and you may not understand it even after I've explained just a portion of it tonight but I want to tell you you're going to learn and you're going to see how that God will use you and you will speak prophetically not always will you stand up here and say thus saith the Lord I don't even talk that way myself I don't use Old English, but the thing is, you will not always stand in front of a congregation and prophesy, but there will be times that you will prophesy in the street. There will be times that you will stop people and you'll say, let me tell you what's going on in your life. And you might not even say to them, the Lord spoke because they wouldn't be open for that. But God will use you to speak and you'll speak prophetically and you will say this is what's happening in your life and they're going to say how did you know and you're going to then introduce them to your God God is working in you Ian this is a new day for you 
receive that word. God bless you. Amen. Amen. This lady right over here. Remember when I stopped in my story a while ago and I said that the lady was sitting, stand, sitting about where you are? Spirit of the Lord spoke something to me right then. And I want to share it with you. What's your name? Caroline. 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 Caroline, this is what I heard the Spirit of the Lord say. He said, my daughter has a healing anointing. And I'm going to take that anointing that I have placed within her and give her boldness to speak healing, to give her boldness to lay hands on people for healing. Not only does she have a healing anointing, but that healing anointing goes further even into the miraculous. And you're going to see God do the miraculous through you. His hand has been upon your life already. You've already experienced His touch. You've already experienced a walk with Him that has brought intimacy between you and God. That's true. But God said, out of that intimacy and that walk that you have with me, I'm going to pour out my anointing and you're going to walk in that healing and miraculous anointing. So get ready for it and look for opportunities. You may never have a healing line in front of this congregation. I don't know about that. See, just like I don't know about Ian, about whether he's ever going to speak up here and, and, and start prophesying. That's between him and God and leadership. But I want to say this to you. Whether you ever have a healing line up here, the healing anointing is within your hands. And you can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. God bless you. Amen. Oh, I like God. He's good. Amen. God is so, so good. Now, my sister that was sitting where my wife was sitting. Remember when uh, What's your name? Esther. Esther. Oh, I like that name, Esther. That was Esther. Whole book written about her. Doesn't even mention God in that book, but it's all about God. Hallelujah. God, all about the choice of God. Esther, sometimes when I point at people and say my wife is sitting here or whatever, or like I did to our sister, God speaks some things to me. And he did tonight. Are you two together? Yeah. Okay. Um, by the way, if you have a husband or a wife and I call you out, uh, point to the other person and say, hey, we're together. <laughs> Because God uh, can speak that way. Hallelujah. But I want to speak to you, and then I want to speak to your husband. Yeah. Yeah. You are a husband. And what's your name, sir? Andrew. Hallelujah. Esther and Andrew. Esther, God spoke specifically concerning you. And this is what I heard from the Lord. He said, My daughter walks in a spirit of humility, but she also is going to walk in a spirit of boldness. She walks in a spirit of humility because she knows who is she, she is not. And she's walking in that humility because of who she is not. But she also is going to walk in boldness because she's coming to know who she is. Humility, by the way, is not 
self-effacing and putting yourself down. Humility is walking, know that whatever you are, it's because of the power of God. And a humble person can say who they are because of the boldness that God has put within them. But I want you to understand something. Your humility is right. But your boldness is where God wants to take you. You'll never lose that humility, but you're going to walk in the boldness of God and you're going to proclaim what God has spoken to you. You're going to comp uh, proclaim who you are in Jesus Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Him. I am and I am and I am because of God. Not because of you doing it yourself, but it's because of God. And God is moving that way in you. And He is taking this humble vessel and he is bringing you into the place of boldness so that you can be used of God in that level that he has for you because he wants you to begin to develop teaching and ministry in the areas of teaching and God will give you revelation and he will give you boldness for that and God has made you a team and one of the reasons why I stopped and said what I did, if you're married to somebody and I'm talking to you, point the other person out, was because I felt that you were together and that God wanted, wants to use you. He is putting within you an understanding of the things of the Spirit, Andrew. And you're beginning to develop as a man of God who will walk in areas of leadership, who will walk in areas where others are not sufficient for and that doesn't talk about their value at all it just says it's the calling and purpose of God and so the Lord wants you to know that he is beginning to put leadership qualities within you and there will be a day that you're going to be invited to come up higher and as a team you're going to step up higher and you're going to see that responsibilities will be placed in your hands and you will have that same type of boldness that your wife will have to be able to do the things that God's called you to do as a part of the body of Christ. Not dictators, but servants. But walking in leadership. God bless the two of you. You know, uh, in 2 Peter chapter 1, the Apostle, Paul, uh, Apostle Peter, almost said Paul, Apostle Peter started out with these words. He says, Simon Peter, a bond slave, a bond servant, because that's what that word means, a slave. Oh, and by the way, I am an apostle. It's almost like that because he put the servant, the slave issue first of Jesus Christ. I've discovered, and I'm sure your pastors have too, I've discovered that the greatest leadership comes when a man or a woman is a servant to God and to the people of God. That's the greatest leadership. Thought I'd just throw that in here. Hallelujah. Amen. God is so good. Praise you, Father. This gentleman right here, what's your name, sir? No. Mark, is are you in, with anybody? Okay, I just I'm, I'm I didn't hear see you point to anybody. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
Mark, no more wrestling. I'm not talking about going into the rink with anybody. No. But no more wrestling. You wrestle so much with the purposes of God in your life. You question so much about how am I supposed to do this? What am I supposed to do? I want to tell you, you're supposed to be a man of God and that's who you are. And that's all that God requires of you to be a man of God. The other things are superfluous. The other things are issues that God can deal with as He speaks to your heart. But you are who God says you are. You're a man of God. And the Spirit of the Lord said to my heart, you tell Him the time of wrestling is over because He is moving into the time of faith where He is going to be able to trust me and trust me with His life and not be concerned about how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay for that? How am I going to accomplish this? You're going to trust and God will begin to open the way to do and to pay and accomplish. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon you as that man of God that you are. And He just wanted to encourage you tonight. The strength of God is being poured within you, sir. Receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. My sister here, tell me your name. Agnes. Agnes. Agnes, you have a power with God and a power with man. There was something that was said about Jesus that said he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. And I believe that is a part of the will of God for all of us. But the Lord said to me, my daughter has a power with God and a power with man because of your calling. God has called you to be a woman of prayer and a woman of faith. You have an intercessory life that God has put within you. And because of that intercessory life that God has put within you, the power with God exists and the power with man exists. Because you are keeping yourself sharp in the things of the Spirit of God because of that intercessory ministry that God has poured within your life. And the Spirit of the Lord wants you to understand that you have an effect on those around about you because of that. And those that you pray for, those that you fight for in that intercessory moment are going to be reached. You're going to see the harvest. You're going to see the harvest of souls because you have power with God and power with man. God bless you, my sister. And don't worry about that family. Don't worry about them. Don't, don't. God's got his hand on them. And God is going to do the work. He's going to bring them forth. He is going to cause them to walk in the things of the Spirit of God. Because the Lord kept reminding me of the word in the book of Isaiah, that the word of God, and that doesn't mean all of our words, but the word of God will not return void. And so that word 
that they have heard in the past is going to take root and grow and produce a harvest. And so you get ready for that. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a brother. You're sitting sort of behind Tina just a little bit right there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You, sir? I, I, um, I'm Angus. Angus. <laughs> and is one of those ladies with you? Okay. All right. <laughs> Hallelujah. And what is your name? Vicky. Vicky? Yeah. Angus and Vicky. Angus, as you've sat there tonight, the Spirit of the Lord said something that's sort of strange, and I don't know that I've ever said this to anybody. He said he's a man's man. He's a man of God, man of integrity, but he's a man's man. That he has emphasis, pardon me, not emphasis, I used the wrong word. He has influence, that's the word. Influence in the lives of other men. He has influence to the point that he can bring them forth as men of God themselves. God has been touching your life and put every, putting everything in order. And God wants you to understand that that order that is within you comes from Him and not but just your desires to see order in life. God has been doing that. And the Lord also wants you to understand that the order that He's been bringing in you is going to be the same kind of order that He is going to use as you influence those others around about you. I don't know if you're working. I don't know if you're retired. I don't know how to judge people's ages anymore. But I want to tell you that there are people around you almost every day that you are going to influence for the things of the kingdom. And Vicki, God has put within you an anointing, an anointing to touch the lives of women. When I felt that the two of you were together, but I wanted him to confirm that a few moments ago. And as God spoke to me about him, he also spoke to me about you. And he said, the two of you together are going to begin, begin to touch marriages. You're going to begin to help others put their marriages in order. As he's going to touch the lives of men and influence them, you're going to touch the lives of women and influence them. And, but together, you're going to touch marriages. I don't know if that means that you have a teaching anointing to teach about marriage and about the experiences that you've had, but you've learned some good lessons over the lifetime of your marriage, and I don't know how long that is, but I want to tell you, God wants to use the two of you to speak into the lives of marriages so that they can be healed and they can be brought closer and closer and closer together as, a co as couples. God's hand is upon you, my sister, because you're going to be able to be trusted by women. You're going to be trusted sometimes with the secret things of their lives that you don't even really want to hear. But because you can listen and you can work the work of God in them, God is going to use you in that area. Two of you together, a team ministering to first to men, second to women, then couples as a couple.
Bless you. Amen. I like God. He is so, so good. Praise the Lord. Amen. I'm, I'm looking at, when, when do we need to? Mm -hmm. You keep saying the note keeps sitting. <laughs> uh, I, d I just don't want to keep you longer than you need to be kept tonight. How many? My brother over here, sitting on the outside, and you're two together. Uh, your name, sir? Randolph. Randall? Randolph. Randolph. And? Gloria. Gloria. Randolph and Gloria. Randolph. You're sort of in one of those shadows places where it's sort of hard to see you clearly, but I kept feeling that God wanted to minister to you and, and also minister to your wife. She's sitting beside you there. But Randolph, the Spirit of the Lord began to talk about the power of your integrity. The power of your integrity. Now, I've used that word a couple of times with other people already tonight. But the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to me about the power of your integrity. Because you are a man of integrity. You're a man of your word. You're a man also that has allowed God to deal with you and issues of your life. He's able, has been able to put things right. You know, let me just stop and say to you, integrity is not perfection. David called himself. He said, I'm a, I've stood in my integrity. I've walked in my integrity. But yet he had some things in his life that weren't perfect. But do you know what he did when he wasn't perfect? He repented. And he got it right. You have walked in your integrity, my friend. That doesn't mean you're perfect, but it means that you have dealt with issues that have come up in your life. You've let the Holy Spirit touch you and put things in order. And because of that, you're in the power of your integrity is working in the lives of people around about you and in your family. Uh, there are those, and, and I'm, I'm speaking by the Spirit of God here, there are those that have turned their hearts away who have turned their hearts back into your life. And the Spirit of the Lord said to my heart tonight, He said, this is because He's allowed me to work within Him and make Him that man of integrity that He is. And those that had turned their hearts away have turned their hearts back because they've seen the truth and they've seen who you are as that man. And you're going to have influence not only on them, but also on those around about you that they will see what God has done within your life and they will give him glory and honor because of that. And your wife's name is, and say it again, my sister, Gloria. Gloria, uh, Gloria as you're there but with your husband, God has done such a work within you over the years. You've known the Lord for a long time. You've known his ways not just about Him, you've known Him. And the Spirit of the Lord said to my heart as I was ministering to your husband, that this woman is a woman who has touched 
the hem of my garment and she has received the flow of my power and the Lord wants you to know that when you touch the hem of his garment and and I'm not talking literally but yet at the same time it could be as if you literally touch the hem of his garment but when you touch the hem of his garment by your faith the anointing of God flowed and he took care of the issues and he brought peace into your heart and he brought peace that passes your understanding because sometimes when you look at it you say God this looks so impossible but oh it has been accomplished and you see God is the God of the impossible and he's worked it out in your life he's worked it out in the circumstances he's worked it out in both you and your husband and I want to tell you that God is going to use the testimony of what has happened within the two of you not only with him being this man who walks in the power of integrity but you being that woman who has touched the hem of his garment as you walk together you're going to touch lives and lives will be changed because of it and the testimony that you have is going to be a testimony that will break the ice break the coldness break the frigidity that people have about their God and they will become like flames of fire like I said to Tina earlier because you the two of you I'm using your you in the plural now you as a couple are going to touch their lives and they'll begin to burn hot, not cold. Receive it in Jesus' name. This young lady right here, tell me your name. Sophita. Sophita. Sophita, as you've sat there tonight, hand of God's been touching you. I don't know if you felt it or not, but I'll say this. Every time I looked at you, it's like I, I knew it wasn't a, a physical thing, but it was like I was, could just see the hand of God reaching down and touching you. And the Spirit of the Lord began to speak to me. And this is what I heard the Lord say. He said, I have touched my daughter. And I've taken away the curse. I've taken away everything that has wanted to bind her. And I have brought her into new life. And I have brought her, <coughs> excuse me, I have brought her into the place with me where she will walk in my spirit and in my power. The things that have wanted to rob her of abilities. I've taken care of it. Because I am making her able. Able to do everything that she desires. Able to sing the songs. Able to worship her God. Able to be that woman of faith that I've called her to be. Because I've touched her, says the Lord. And I've taken away the curse. I don't know, know all that I know about that. I don't know about what curse it was, but 
I know it was a curse. And God said, he's taken it away. He's brought you, young lady, into the liberty of God. God bless you. He loves you so much. Hallelujah. Oh, I like God. This couple right over here. You, you are a couple, aren't you? Yeah, all right, okay. Well, I, I assumed that. Tell me your name. Dave. 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 Ruth. And Ruth. Dave and Ruth. Dave and Ruth, there was a time in the early part of the service when our sister was leading that I was standing there beside of you, Dave, and we were singing the songs with her and worshiping together. And the Spirit of the Lord said to me for just a moment, He said, look at both of them. And that's why I was convinced that you two were together. But He said, look at both of them see the potential that I have put within their lives and see how I have released that potential to accomplish the work of God in my house. Again, I don't know who all even belongs to the house, but I assume that you do. But the Spirit of the Lord said, I have released that within them and they're walking in my ways. You have I'm going to go ahead and say this, brother. You have eldership within you. You have eldership. See, I'm not here to call elders and do anything like that. I'm not here to, to, to set people in, in order and in, in the house. But when God says something like that, I have to obey Him. He says, He has put eldership within you. And the Lord wants you to understand that that is a responsibility not just to him but it's also a responsibility to the people of God and you carry it well you carry it well and the Lord wants the two of you to understand that as a part of your eldership calling that not only is there an anointing to speak and to teach the word of God but there's an anointing to heal there's anointing to speak life into people and both of you together are to do that. But I want to say to you, my sister, as I was standing there beside of your husband tonight and we were worshiping together and God pointed the two of you out to me, he also said this to my heart. He said, my daughter is going to prophesy the word of the Lord. She's going to stand in that place of the prophet in the house and she will prophesy the things of God and the Lord wants you to understand that that's not just prophesying to the house. There will be times that you're going to prophesy to individuals and minister to the deepest needs of their lives because of the prophetic anointing that God has placed upon you. And God wants you to, you to know that you honor Him. You honor Him. Hallelujah. Now, my brother, I want to tell you, that you don't need to be concerned about physical things. You don't need to be concerned about the things that uh, weigh on you sometimes heavily concerning your body. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. But I want to tell you, God is your healer. And God is taking away everything that the enemy has tried to put upon you. I have no idea what I'm talking about. I just know that that is exactly what God said to me. 
And so I trust you can receive that, my friend. God bless you, Dave. Hallelujah. Amen. I like God. He is so good. Amen. He's better than that. I just don't have any better words for it. Hallelujah. The young man that was uh, doing the sound. Jason. Is it Jason? Did I catch that? Did he leave? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go ahead and speak to him. Uh, you're still recording, aren't you? I'm going to go ahead and speak to him because when we were setting things up and uh, the Spirit of the Lord, first of all, gave me a burden for him. And this is what God said when he gave me the burden. He said, I'm going to touch this man and I'm going to lift his burden. And I'm going to show him that the decisions that he has made to follow me are decisions that he will never regret. I am going to bring deliverance into his life. I'm going to set him totally free from those things that have tried to hold on to him from the past. I am going to cause him to walk in total liberty. He will not be bound any longer. And the Lord wants you to understand, and I'm speaking to him, okay? The Lord wants you to understand, sir, that his hand has been upon you for good and not for evil. And what he is doing within you is causing you to be raised up among the people of God. And he's going to honor you among the people of God. You have a heart already to serve. And you're going to serve. That's the word that God gave me for him. Hallelujah. God gives me words like that and then I have to remember them. Hallelujah. And but that's what he what he said. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, I want to thank you for this man and this woman of God. I also want to thank you for the house that you have placed them in. This spiritual house called your church. Manifestation of the kingdom of God upon earth. And Lord, I thank you that you have put your call upon their lives. You've brought, you brought Philip and Daphne into the very midst of your heart, God. You brought them into the place that you desire them to be. And for that, we thank you. And the Spirit of the Lord says to the two of you that, yes, I have brought you to the place that I desire for you to be. But I have also given you a vision for the future and a vision for the things that I want to do within my house. And you're going to see before I turn you loose. You're going to see that vision come to fruition. You're going to see it done as far as you are concerned. And then I will put others in to fulfill it and to take it on into the depths of what I desire. But you have been placed here to see not only the foundation stones laid, but also the capstone laid. And the Lord wants you to understand that his, this is his purpose. And he's doing a quick work because 
He wants to set you in that place of the apostolic and you'll flow in the apostolic ministry. And I will put people in your relationship with you that you're going to be able to father. You're going to be able to touch them. You're going to be like a father and Daphne, you like a mother to many because they will need that contact. But you're going to teach them to be fathers and mothers also. You will not always have to bear their burden. They will grow, they will mature, and they will bear their own burden in those areas. But the Spirit of the Lord also wants the two of you to understand that He is pleased with what you have done, but it's not finished. It will be finished, but it's not finished. Now, the anointing that is within you, Daphne, the anointing for the Word and the anointing to lead people into the fullness of the Word has not decreased, it has increased. But it's going to increase more. Because you have the wisdom of God within you. And the word that you will bring will be a word of power that will flow into the midst of people. And they will be changed because of it. You, like your husband, are going to walk in that anointing of teaching and ministering the word of God. You also have a prophetic anointing upon your life, Daphne. And God wants you to let it begin to be released like the water of a river flowing. And God's hand is upon you as that woman of faith that you are. My brother, the apostolic call is upon your life. The last two times I was here, you said I spoke about an apostolic house, and that's what this is becoming. Because it's going to be used to plant. Plant people. Plant churches. God is going to have you reach out way beyond yourself. But God will give laborers. Laborers in the field. And when the harvest comes, you'll participate in the harvest even though you will not have to do all of the harvesting. I will put laborers with you who will do the harvesting. Now, God's hand is upon the both of you. He has given you the call of God apostolically in the house. And the Lord wants you to understand that He's the one that's done this. It wasn't you yourselves. It's not because of what you have said or what you have done. It is because of His grace that He has poured this anointing upon your lives. Receive it in Jesus' name. Receive it, receive it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, God is good. I'm not going to continue. I'm going to stop and I feel like I need to. Um, I've got another night of ministry and my voice has been rather weak tonight and I apologize for that. Um, I felt like sometimes I'm just whispering and uh, but I praise God for you and I thank God for your 
your tenacity to put up with me. Hallelujah. God bless you. God keep you. God make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you a whole lot of peace. God bless you, Brother Philip. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the reality of knowing you and when you speak, Lord, uh, we want to hear what you have to say, Lord. And I pray that the word that has gone forth uh, from Eugene that has uh, entered into the hearts of people, Lord, as they cling to that and as they pray over that, Lord, it will bear fruit in their lives. Amen. Father, we thank you for this man's ministry. We thank you for your grace upon his life, Lord. We thank you for his faithfulness in year after year after year, stepping forth in faith, stepping forward against all the opposition to bring forth the word of the Lord. Lord, strengthen him for the rest of his time here in this country, Lord. Refresh him, renew him, continue to pour your grace upon his life. Strengthen his dear wife at home and heal her body, Lord, we pray. Meet all of his needs, Lord, according to your riches, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Okay, we're going to close here. I just need to remind you that on Wednesday, it's on the first and third Wednesday, we have a testimony time here. And you're all told all the time about that. You're very welcome to come. You're free 8 o'clock. And Ruth will be sharing her story uh, this Wednesday with us. 8 o'clock here. As many of you are free to come, you're very welcome to look forward to that. Go home safely. Good night's rest. God bless you all. You're welcome. Yes. Sorry. Yes. I need I need something from the side if it's possible for me. What is your name? Zore. Zore? Zore, yes. Zore. Zore. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, I want to thank you for Zore. I thank you, God, that you're touching her life, that you're putting your hand upon her and causing her to walk in the Spirit of the Lord. This is what I'm hearing from God. The Spirit of the Lord says to you that, my daughter, I have put within you strength to stand in the battle. The battle has been raging, and the battle has been raging in those who would like for you to turn back and go against what you have received. But I say to you, my daughter, that I am your strength, but I'm also your guard, and I have put a hedge around you to guard you, and you shall not fall, and you shall not fail, and you shall not go back, because I am your God. 
I am also going to bless the work of your hands and even the things financially and materially that you've needed in your life. You're going to see me do the work because my hand is upon you. Now you receive this word and know that my hand is upon you for good and not for evil. And I am blessing that which you touch. In Jesus' name, receive it. God bless you. You're welcome. Thank you very much. God You're welcome. Yes, you spoke over me last time. The word you give me is a man that's going to build the foundation stones and prepare the work for the Lord mm -hmm. and be exemplary amongst the people of God. I've, I've had many battles and trials in the last... I've had many battles and trials the last 10, 12 years. I ended yeah. up in the prison. I think something happened 20 years ago, previous to when you prayed for me. The devil tried to take me out. God brought me through. He used me in the prison. And when I come out, I've got a brother that um, he had come down with motor neurone disease. So I spent two years looking after him. He came to the Lord before he died. And, and God's put it on my heart. I've always put it on my heart to start a psyche ministry to reach families with young children because mm -hmm. I'd lost my wife 20 years ago to cancer and I brought my two children up on my own for 20 years. Mm -hmm. As I've started to step out, my, my daughter now is 24, she's working as a children's ministry in Wembley, mm -hmm. but she's all of a sudden found that she's taking out the depressants. Yeah. And I, I felt a bit concerned because she's not contacting me for the last week. Okay. Uh, whether it's an attack. Well, what's her name? Rianne. Rianne. Well, let me pray for Rianne, but then I have something I want to share with you. Father, I want to thank you for Rianne. I thank you, God, that you are touching her. You are bringing liberty to her, that these antidepressants are not going to be necessary for her anymore. And Lord, I thank you that you have healed her body. But Lord, I also thank you for my brother. And Lord, I thank you that you said he would be a foundation layer. And that means that he is going to be able to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who will be able to receive it and the foundation stones will be laid in their lives because of his testimony of faith and faithfulness. Lord, I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.